Hello and welcome to another episode of Fool's Daily. Yeah, I know, buses, etc, etc. Um, I am joined today by the one, the only, he's it's still me coming. alive. Oh, stop it, you, I haven't finished! <sighs> I'm going to do it again. I'm joined today by the one, the only, it is Mr. Conrad E.J. Gonsalves. It's me, Conrad! We should have practiced that before we recorded it, really, shouldn't we? Practices for losers. <laughs> well, well, no, no. Practices for people who win. We as the losers, because we don't practice, and therefore come at the bottom. But we're winning because we're talking, so... Well, that is true. That is true. I looked at Skype just before um, I rang Conrad today, and it was the 18th of January... 2018 when we last spoke on Skype. We have spoken but since then. I would like to point Yes, we have out. because we, we met at Salute for instance well, yeah, and we we've talked met, we've, we've pretty met at much every day twice we? and stuff. Yeah. This has been two salutes since then. But yes, it has been a while since you have heard Conrad's dulcet tones. And uh since that time I've um I've reached puberty. Really? So got, yeah, I've got a deeper voice now. Oh, you're so manly. <laughs> it's very nice of you to say that. Well, I know. It's a lie, but it's nice of me to say it. But we do talk. We do. We do. We we communicate textually at least once a day. Via the Twitters? Yes. But... um. We have not spoken on the Skypes for a while, because life. Um, yes. I, I, people are well aware that life gets has got in the way. Um, work. Yeah. New running your, Running your club. Oh, yeah, well, I get to play lots more than you, though. You do. You do get, get to play all the time. And, yeah, it's, re- but it's really nice having... Um, an LGS and a sort of club where you can drop into every day of the week, apart from Monday, if you want to, because they are actually shut on Monday. But yeah, we should we should talk about we should talk about that because when did you, I want to say that you weren't there when we last talked? Uh, we probably were there last. Uh, when did you move in, in there? I think it's probably about two two and a half. Is it really that years long? ago? Yeah. But it's been through a change since then, hasn't it? We'd, no, absolutely, yeah. So, so, um, so Phil, for new people, because now we're on Spotify, we might get some new people searching for a gaming podcast on Spotify, and then we come. Can up. you do that now? You can. My God. You can. do you mean? Do you mean there's a possibility of us coming up on someone's daily playlist based on some? Algorithm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. If they have a penchant for middle-aged idiots talking, then it might come up. That is pretty strange to be yeah. fair. But no, Spotify has this whole... So we're digressing. It has this whole podcast section, which I did not know until my um, eldest uh, pointed me in the direction of a Dungeons & Dragons podcast that I've been listening to, which is... If you take Fool's Daily and you put Dungeons & Dragons on it, that's basically what it is. <laughs> so how do you... 
drop a pod. Of, I see. I use the word drop. You, you drop. <laughs> a sick how'd you, beat. How do you drop the the podcast into Spotify then? Well, once you've got it all set up with your podcast feed, yeah, you know, your your RSS feed and stuff. Then basically, if you search for podcast Spotify, you get instructions and you just follow. It. <laughs> you have to have a Spotify. You have to have a Spotify account. But it can be I have, the, I have one of those. I have a family one. account, would you believe? Oh, yeah, we have one of those as well. Because people sponge off it. Well, actually, no, it makes sense to have the, have it. So, But you're right, they do sponge off it. And the family Netflix account. Uh, yes, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Though for some reason, Ryan has chosen to continue having his own Spotify, probably because he's hip and cool and down with the, the young kids. Um, because he gets it at student rates. Oh, so, okay. fair enough. I thought if you want to pay your money, then yeah. pay your money. But now the reason I'm asking is because, uh, we as a club are probably going to dabble in a monthly podcast. Right, so, you were going to tell us about the club. Well, no, I suppose this is on the back of that as well. Yeah, right. no, it says, it says on the club website, which is www.com. Tanalawnwgc.com that we moved into uh, the EXP venue in July 2017. Blimey, so two years ago. Yeah. So we moved to EXP, who were um, a new venture which was catering for electronic gaming and tabletop, basically gaming, but the, the main bent of the business venture was to try and attract e-gamers into the, the venue because that's obviously where the money money is money yeah. it's got the, it's where the menu is as well the menu is that like yeah, a menu <laughs> it's like it's like a strange pronunciation of menu the right. menu are you having a stroke that's rude you can't, <laughs> can't you can't ask things like that in a podcast well i can it just depends uh, how you answer it Yes, I'm naked again. You're Apart always from... naked. Yeah, yeah, but let's face it, half the time you're naked because you forgot to get dressed. Yes, there is there is that. I do have red braces on them. Nice. But nice. I think they're back to front. So you're a, conser- you're a conservative politician now. Oh, my God, please. Let's not go there now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, buffoonery. Yeah, I know. They make us look sane, don't they? <laughs> Oh, I, I just ah uh, let, no, no, let's, no, look, right, let's let's not do the Brexit. No, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. No, no, right. Anyway, where was it? Yeah, EXP. So that was the big thing, you know. They they've gone into uh, essentially what is a warehouse by a canal. Okay. So it's quite a nice building, actually, because it, you can. Is it on an arch? Has it got an arch? Well, yeah, like one of those one of those things under the arches that you have in that London's. Oh no no no! It's this is a proper. This would be a storage warehouse used in ye olde days where moida happened. You know, oh, and okay. the and the the Jack of the Rippers would be out around and oh, okay. the smog and thing. It's it's quite a nice historically sort of. It's it's not really really old, but you can see it's got um, a bit of history behind it, sort of thing. The 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 canal is literally. I don't know, 10 steps away from the building entrance sort of thing. So uh, it's uh, it's called, it's on Snake's Wharf, I think it's called. Um, 
yes, yeah, so we were there. Uh, that folded. EXP essentially folded. But what they'd done was they worked with a company called Magic Mad- Madhouse. People may have heard of them because they're quite big on cards, the internets, yeah, in terms of CCGs, LCGs, yeah, all that's, that, and all the paraphernalia. That's where I'd heard of them before. Yeah, and I, I think I'm fairly certain that I bought card sleeves for like Malifaux off them as well. Right. Um, so they actually have a physical brick and mortar shop somewhere in the UK. I can't remember where it is, but uh, the bloke, one of the owners of EXP, got talking with them, and essentially they persuaded Magic Madhouse to have a physical presence in EXP. So we had an LGS in there as well, which we got discount from to match, you know, the likes of Dark Sphere, yeah. which was which was really good. So obviously. This was a completely new thing for us, so we start throwing our business that way. Yeah. Uh, there was, there's the normal sort of stuff with politics on pricing and God knows what else, where everyone's trying to um, satisfy each other sort of thing. You know, I've got to satisfy our club members. It's got to be financially viable. They've yeah. got to make money from it, etc. So we, it all got sorted out in the end, and then... We got told. Well, I'd heard on the vape grapevine, the vape grind, even the grapevine. <laughs> I shouldn't have taken my frog pills this morning. You shouldn't have taken your teeth out. That's what you shouldn't have done. <laughs> That's because the braces are stuck in them still. <laughs> That's them red braces. So they're they're red because they're like covered in blood and stuff. Yeah, I, it's from the uh, the animals I slaughtered this morning as an offering. <laughs> No, no animals were harmed in the making of this podcast, by the way. Well, if the cat knocks another thing over, it might be. <laughs> Says he with four dogs and three cats at home. Yeah, so I've only got a cat. Do you want any more? No. You sure? 100%. What about a dog? Certainly not. Two dogs? No, they're yours. <laughs> well, they're Anne's, but... Anyway, get on with your exciting story. But I can hear you snoring now. I've, I'm wide awake. Um, where was I? Uh, oh yeah, they, they basically magic mad magic madhouse were doing something. Uh, I, I know the real story what happened, but I'm not going to bother publicising okay. or airing it. Essentially, the business folded, uh, and Magic Madhouse decided to continue uh, with the current landlords taking the space. Uh, okay. which EXP had. They reduced size um, a little bit. So obviously it didn't, didn't cost so much. And then probably about, I don't know, three to four months later, they moved, because we were on the first floor yeah. or second floor, can't remember, second floor. We moved up a floor. So they reduced space and took on um, a different area, but essentially stayed in the same building. Uh, and that's where we are now. Um, okay. They... The, the owners are kind of affiliated with Magic Madhouse, I believe, uh, but essentially it's a separate business, um, and it's smaller, uh, but it's great because we can still have, you know, a 16-man tournament there, probably a 32-man tournament, you know, on 3x3s or 4x4s. Um, it's great for cards and, you know, the, the key forges and the Magics, yeah. Pokemons. That's obviously where a lot of their um, core business is. But they do do soldiers, 
mainly G-Dub, obviously. Um, and there's quite a big role-playing presence there as well. I, you know, quite often when I go there, because I'm, I'm in a Shadespire League run by Magic Madhouse. Right. Uh, and I'll go over there on a Wednesday or Thursday during the week to play my league game. And there is usually a D&D group going on there, you know. Uh, quite often on a Sunday they'll turn up as well. So nice. the place is always active. There's, you know, it's open till late in the evening. It, it probably opens at about midday. I don't actually know. I think it's shut Mondays. Uh, but they serve alcohol. They've just started doing some burgers on a barbecue. Uh, they do have an outside area because it's the top floor of the building so you can sort of go out and sit in the sunshine sort of thing as well uh, and in a little roof space but no it's it's been a fortuitous ending so far to where the club is considering that uh, when we were the ex-servants servicemen's club they sort of whacked up the rent by about 600 percent yeah um and you know clearly that was a message saying that they didn't want us there anymore um, but there you go. But yeah, we we've recently had a Kings of War campaign, or just finished one, and uh, an American podcast asked us to record a section about the Kings of War campaign. And I'd sort of been missing podcasting with you guys, um, so I thought, do you know what? Why don't I do something with some of the club guys? It doesn't need to be a regular thing. It would be nice to do it monthly, but I'm not going to put any pressure on anybody to yeah. do anything because that's when it all falls apart. You know that as well as I do. Yeah. So we recorded this, what was meant to be a 15-minute section for this podcast. It turned into an hour, and then I thought, well, this is a good first episode. So I, I sort of sorted out a second session where we did a little bit of an in, intro thing. I've asked Magic Madhouse to put some adverts together. Um I'm just trying to sort out some artwork for the pod- podcast. I've probably had it for two weeks. Um, I might just put some some rubbish artwork together just to just to fill the you know the is it whatever the size is for your your podcast logo type thing. Yeah. Just to get it out there. Um, but, cool. So yeah, that's that's. That's where the club is at the moment, but as far as gaming is concerned... So, going, so the club's going well? The club's going well, I mean... At the because, end of the day, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that you put an inordinate amount of time into, and have done ever since you created it. 2000? Yeah. And it's a... Uh, um, it's nice to see it's still sort of active, still growing. We get new members... Obviously through Med- Magic Madhouse because of the the gaming aspect of things, uh, there's there's a good core group of people there who play, and then we get sort of I won't call them stragglers, but they're they're still engaged with the club, but they're not regular players as such. Uh, and because the club is because Magic Madhouse is open six days a week, people can go at other times and and play. Right. And one of the benefits of being a club member is that you don't pay table fees and it's only two quid for a table per person but um it still saves you a bit of money obviously it's nice to put some money behind the bar and get some drinks and coke or chocolate or whatever yeah uh just to because that's where the money's made as far as the 
the shop's concerned, they make a little bit of money on on the retail sort of side of stuff, but the food and drink is where they make the money. So we try and make sure that we support them in that way and have some fun and obviously buy toys from them as well. Cool. So what are you playing there? Uh, we've just finished a Kings of War campaign and there were about eight players in that, I think. Uh, it was a slow grow campaign. Absolutely brilliant fun. Uh, some people couldn't make it regularly as is want with a campaign, but it ended up in a multiplayer game with four of us, which was hilarious and the campaign ended, but we said that we enjoyed playing Kings of War and the actual campaign that we wanted to continue having some sort of Kings of War fix in some way, shape or form. Uh, so that hasn't happened yet, but I'm, I expect it will happen. But in the meantime, we've just started a middle earth strategy battle game campaign. Also a slow grow one, which is, that's a hell of a name. Well, yeah, it is M S M E S B G. Um, because it because because they've got this battle companies game out, you've got to be Lord of the Rings. We're going to play Lord of the Rings. Which one do you want? Which one are you talking about? And if they if they bring out the War of the Rings stuff again, mm. then obviously there'll be a third one out as well. And all the fig- can you use all the figures across them all? I th- certainly between battle companies and. Middle Earth Strategy Battle Game. Right. You can. And I'm imagining that War of the Ring is, you know, it, it, yes, you can, I think. The Battle Companies is meant to be a sort of squad level type skirmishy thing, which leads you into the, the main strategy battle game. Um, War of the Ring isn't out at the moment, so I don't know if people still play it. I'm imagining that they probably do, but uh, that's meant to be like in unit bases and things like that, I seem to remember, wasn't it? I don't know. But I don't play that. The SPG is, is enough for me. It's And the reason I play it is because, A, I think we had some involvement in making the rules a long, long time ago, didn't we? Yes, we did. Um, B, it's Lord of the Rings, which is, well, you know, The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings is essentially where my yearning and interest for fantasy came along with um, the Moorcock sort of stuff yeah. at that time. So it's hooked me back in. I actually really like the game. Um, it is supposed to be... I've never, I've never played it, but I've, never, I've also never heard anyone say a bad thing about it as a game. Well, what's really interesting is that the, there's a co- convention called Ardacon, um, which I'm going to this year. It's, um, it's held up in Manchester... Right. Now, orig- originally it was going to be about 60 players, because so last year I think it was about 60 to, to 80 players. It's, I think there's like 200 players coming this year um, wow. from around the world, because last year some people from Oz, from the Green Dragon podcast, came along. And this one, this year it seems to have just ballooned. Um, they have like a doubles event, a singles event, and a, an invitational sort of championship type event. But I'm going there for the crack basically you know um and and to get some games because you'll hear people who play it potentially cheekily tongue-in-cheek say that it's a game of sixes because unlike the old 
fancy battle to hit to wound rolls, it's skewed to the top end of the dice range. So, you know, it, it feels like a. It feels like watching scenes from the film is the best way of describing it, and I think that's why they went that way with the, the sort of distribution of the dice sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and you do have this flow of stuff going on and pockets of stuff going on because it's not there's no sort of coherence. It's single figures essentially moving around a, a table at some point. Um, and it does have that feel of sort of the what did they call it? The what did Weta call it? Their computer-generated mass battle program. It feels like that sometimes. Oh, I don't remember. I know but what I, you mean, I know what you mean, but I don't remember. But then you add on the the I think there's twelve scenarios at the moment that you can play. Right. You add you add that level on as well, and it makes the game different again. So. GW again, like they've done with AOS and 40K, have added this scenario layer on onto a game to improve it. So, Excellent. yeah, no, I'm really enjoying it. I've I've got an Isengard army which I need to paint up for Hardicon. It's probably about halfway there. Um, for my doubles event, I've got some minus Tirith guys. I haven't played with them yet. I've got to work out if this is the right force or whether or not I have to frantically build and paint some more stuff. This is all meant to be painted for Ardacon, so Ardacon's in August. Um, based on how I went, how it all went with the Welsh Masters, which is a war machine event that I go to every year, um, where I said I'd go there for the 10th anniversary with all, all painted stuff and I, didn't quite make that. That's okay. Oh, no. That's okay. No one paints War Machine stuff. Oh no, no, you, you off you'll find that there is a lot of painted stuff on on the on tables these days. <laughs> They've had twenty years. <laughs> yes. That's that's correct. It's alright. Contrast paints, you'll knock them out in a day. Uh maybe you will knock some of them out, but no. I'll tell you what, when you've when you've painted bits of bone and rope on a figure, you you soon get sick of detail models, you know, and you you yearn for some flat surfaces and yep. and just washes, you know. But I'm looking forward to playing AOM as well at some point. I've got all the stuff, but haven't had a game yet. You need to come to, uh, to you need to come to the event. We are planning to come to There Be Dragons, or Here Be Dragons, or Somewhere Is Dragons. Here Be Dragons. What, there? Yeah, in Daventry. Is that uh, at Battlefield Hobbies? Hobbies, yes, on the 25th of August. My God, it's like we've... <laughs> at least I think it... Yeah, but if it, is it, it is the 25th, 25th. or the 26th? <laughs> it's, like, it's like we we've always been recording all the time august 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 25th do we know the price 15 pounds per double per person per person includes lunch my god what a bargain Uh, but i'm hoping to go to that cool um what else have been playing i've been playing a lot of shade spire night bolt as it's called yeah see i haven't i haven't played that 
Um, actually, that's not true. I have played one game of it, which I quite enjoyed. But then um, I read some stuff online, and the deck building aspect of it put me off. Yes, the, and I can understand. You have to have this card, or etc. Um, and that was sort of all right. Well, I shan't bother then. <laughs> uh, it's like anything. What? How do you want to play this? Do you want to play this casually, or do you want to play it? Um, well, I want to play it so that I don't get battered. I don't mind. Yeah. You know me. I don't mind losing. I don't want to rock up at a table. Someone look at what I've got and go, "Yeah, it'll be over in turn three, mate." There's no point in actually playing it. Oh yeah, I played a game last night, my league game, and um, I played against a, a faction. So it's the Fire Slayers, who yeah. are not considered to be ultra good at the moment. But having said that, there was a a guy used a deck at St Petersburg and uh, did quite well with them. I think he came fourth in the end. So you know, it's a case of never say never with a lot of this stuff. You can always skew. You can always throw this curveball in with a deck, which yeah. people won't be won't be um, expecting. But I played the original Shadespire a few games at the club and thought, yeah, it's a nice mechanic. It's very elegant. I like it, but I'm not wasting my money on it um, because figures didn't appeal to me, you know. Yeah. Um, and we have enough games, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so Nightfall got. I don't understand what you just said, but I'll just go. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Did it break up then? Skype. Yeah, you, you said something like we have enough. Figures. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like heresy, frankly. Hobby neutral. <laughs> hobby neutral. I, you know, I, I actually am still hobby neutral. But overall, you're not. Well, over the course of my lifetime, <laughs> yeah. No, over the course of my lifetime, I I am not hobby neutral for the uh, what? Hold on, my now that uh, thirty six years that I've been playing games. That's a good t shirt. I'm hobby neutral <laughs> this week. <laughs> For the last 10 seconds. Yes. I'll be neutral today. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? You were talking about Shadespire and how the oh, figures yeah. didn't appeal to you, um, but you thought it was elegant mechanics. Yeah, so Nightfall came out, which is essentially Shadespire rebadged, tweaked. And uh, I thought, yeah, okay, fair enough. Nice models there. And then the Goblins came out. Um, Zarbag skits. And I thought... I really like those models. So that was it. Um, I bought those, learned to play with them, uh, started to play in the league and go to a couple of single day events every now and then. So realized that I needed to get cards, ummed and ahed about it, but then slowly sort of build the collection up. Mm. And I'm still, still enjoying it. I do feel though that because of this whole deck building aspect and the, the power creep that it's, you know, it's, it's without moaning about it. GW are absolutely brilliant at what they do, but they know how to market stuff now these days, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, they, they are clever in what they do, you know, um, compared to 
I don't know, ten years ago, was it? Oh yeah, even five years ago, I would say. It's, it's they've really. I've got so much respect for them, and as you probably have as a shareholder, <laughs> um, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> they they have they've created this machine which is just really good at what it does now. You know, they produce the best plastics in the world, probably uh, plastic kits rather in the world. I'd say. They're not over-engineered. They're elegantly engineered quite often. Uh, They've got new IP in in the form of the AOS stuff, as well as existing IP. They're doing stuff that they should have done in the 80s and 90s, branching out into uh, other media, uh, mediums rather. And they're marketing stuff really well. So all the paraphernalia that, that they they weren't dropping into before is now available and you know from a resale value and from a nerdy collecting gamer type thing it's absolutely brilliant so you know a new faction comes out as do sleeves and dice for that faction and and it goes on people buy into it you know because we've got mug ring on our foreheads (laughs) Uh, Games Workshop, I reckon, are going to... uh, They'll top 50 in the next couple of weeks. You reckon? Yeah, they were up... They were at 49 and a bit last night. Is there a sort of cut-off time when they sort of produce these or publish these sort of... It's every six months. Okay. But um, there are people selling at the moment. Because, you know... But I think that they'll continue to go up. I mean, traditionally they've gone up, so... I think they'll go up over 50. Well, you know, what have they announced? They're, they're announcing stuff all the time, and they're, yeah. using, they're using social media so well now, which yep. is something that they never used to do. They've just sort of started to leak Apocalypse um, for 40K. That looks exciting. They, it looks as though it's going to be add more resale to 40k and allow you to play it in a different way potentially i I hear i hear rumors of it being epic like that's what i've heard old epic that's what i've heard that it's epic with 40k models that kind of interests me to a certain extent you know what it kind of interests me as well (laughs) um i think that that would be quite cool if Incredibly expensive. <laughs> no, exactly. So I think you're going to start. That's that's the big thing. This is the next draw into that 40k game. Yeah, I to, keep to, I keep looking at Space Marines and thinking, oh, I quite like to paint some Space Marines. Well, with new contrast paints, it won't take long, will it? <laughs> what, what do you think to that? I think that's fine. I think they're just another tool in your your arsenal. I think it's no different. I mean, it's basically eliminating one step from the base coat and dip method. Yeah. I mean, I I was really intrigued by it, and I thought this is going to be so good. Uh, I, think chemi- the, I, think, the... I think chemically, to make them do what they do, it's, very quite, it's really quite clever. Well, I was sort of thinking about this when it was first announced, and I thought, I'm wondering if it's got anything to do with like the way the scale 75 paints work, and you know the way... Uh, you have different pigment yeah. sizes in paints, and it sounds like 
And then I've been using a lot of GW washes, and I think some of their washes are absolutely amazing yeah. in terms of the, the texture that they get and the, the feel of the painting. And so those two combined, I was wondering if that's where it would go, and I kind of feel that that's where it has gone because I've heard, I've seen some of the reviews and they're talking about the undercoat being quite dusty and granular sort of thing, and that reminds me of the scale 75 pigment sort of thing. Yeah, it is, I mean, it is, it is quite dusty and granular. Deliber- I mean, it's deliberately, apparently, so that it holds the the things, which is why you get different effects when you put it over different undercoats. Which is exactly how the scale 75 stuff works, isn't yeah. it? How they sort of um, yeah. auto-blend. So I've been, I've been watched a few reviews, and it's interesting to see that some colours, some of the darker colours, for instance, are not... They don't do the same thing, but I think that's just down to lack of experience and that, you know, if you mix it down with this this medium stuff for a thinner coat, you can... They would be better, but there's some interesting videos out there where they sort of basically chosen their top ten contrast paints to have, so worthwhile. The blues look particularly good, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah, Um, yeah. And the one that, the one that I'm, the thing that I'm most interested in trying out, and if I go into Games Workshop, if I go into Games Workshop this week, I might see if they've got some, is the browns, because I think for things like horses, They'll be brilliant. Yep. I think. Yeah, I think for horses they'll work really, really well. So because they're tip, they you know they're quite difficult to shade. I always find I struggle with horses. I've been really surprised at some of the you know some of the the paint jobs, both by pro and amateur painters out there, in terms of you know something as simple as as a Skaven figure or. Um, you know, just your bog standard space marine. Mm. But then I've been looking at some of the faces that some of these guys have done as well, and they, you know, they really do come out quite well. So I, I can see myself if they do a silver type paint, using it for these minus Tirith mm. knights because it would be a quick, hopefully, a quick way of getting paint on these quickly. You know, a quick way of getting them paint on them quickly. Very quick, yeah. It'd be really quick. Super did quick. I, did I use quick enough? I, yeah. You were quick to use it. Uh, I think that's about it, really, for me. I'm obviously just playing games. Yeah? What, okay, have been, what, what have you been playing on your Friday night battles? Friday night battles on the lead-up to the Welsh was all about the War Machine and Hordes. Yeah. I, I con- I've continued with my Gators. Um, at the moment, nice well. well, the ones that I did, you know, I've decided that I was going to try and do a relatively quick paint job, um, whilst trying to learn something about inks and washes, I guess, to a certain yeah. extent. Um, because I always try and learn something new when I paint something. Uh, and I use the airbrush a lot. I use the airbrush a huge amount for some of the base layers and coats for my the, the beasts that were, that were being done I used a lot of lot more on like the turtle um, and the sort of uh, swamp horror tentacly guys were base coated with lots of washes on them as well but it gave me the confidence to go away and start using the airbrush on all my eyes and guard stuff so I sprayed everything 
with the dark flesh colour and stupidly tried to put metal on them as well, which... Well, actually, I did the metal first and then did the, the, the flesh. Uh, and it didn't really work, so I stopped doing that halfway through the batch and just, just did the flesh and that was it sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's it's greatly speeded up the painting process just using it like you say it's just another tool in the arsenal that we've got as painters but uh, at the moment we're playing SPG a lot with plans to try and dip into some AOM as an aside but because the slow grow campaign's going on and we've got Articon we're trying to at least play through all 12 scenarios so that we know what the scenarios are like we're still tweaking armies um at the moment, I'm running a double troll Isengard army. Um, Nick, Are they good guys or bad guys? Bad guys. Yeah, they're the white hand of Saruman. Um, they're, well, no, they're good guys. They're just misunderstood, aren't they? No, Saruman's an evil idiot. He's good in The Hobbit. Well, is he, though? Mm, well, yeah, maybe not he was. Maybe he was a little bit bad at the time. But we're all naughty in some way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're trying to just tweak and learn I suppose at the end of the day right ok so that's, that sounds pretty cool uh, missing out on epic and bolt action haven't played that for those games for a while um, and have a deep love for them yeah, you see, Epic's weird at the moment, because we signed up to play in that event, the event that we played last year. Yeah, um, the one at Battlefield. Yeah, we signed up, we signed up to play for it, and then, just neither of us were feeling it at all. And I don't know why, but it was just, it, so we, in the end we didn't go, because we just were going, just can't be bothered. No, And it's, I, I, and it's been the same with Adeptus Titanicus, we've got the set... And we were, like, super hyped for it to come out. And then it's all been a bit... Mm. Has there been much support? There has been a bit of support for that for after support, this, it's, hasn't it? It's um, done exceptionally well from a sales point of view. And still is doing exceptionally well from a sales point of view. And what the, what are the what does it play like, is it? Well, I've not... You see, I've not played it. That's the thing. Oh, really? No. We bought, we bought the set and, you know... We just never got around to we got never got around to playing it, and then with the you know the whole lull in our gaming and everything, just I don't even know because I gave I gave it to Matt. I don't even know if he's built it. I don't think he has. It's probably in a box getting ready. It probably, to m- it probably to is. Move. Probably is in a box. But um, because then you know it came out, and then there were events coming up that we had to get stuff painted for, and we've just not done it it's there's too many games and not enough time you need a club you know what we do need a club um and i keep thinking this and i keep thinking a club and i keep thinking Ugh. but with matt's move i think we may actually have to do it. i don't want to create one though that's the problem i want to find one and there are a couple that are sort of between where i live and where he's going to live but they're all historical uh, cable knit, cable knit sweater types. So you've got the same problem I had when I decided that. Do you know what? I'm just going to 
but we Fold were, tw- own club, we were yeah. 20 years younger then. Yeah, and we... We had, had a lot more energy back we, we were We were naive then as well. <laughs> you know, we were 30s. <laughs> it says a lot that, you know, 20 years on, I'm still... There has only been one chairman of, of that club yeah. in that 20 years. Every year I, I sort of say, anyone else want to do it? <laughs> Yeah, because no one, everyone else knows that you're a sucker and you'll carry on doing it forever. Well, it's not that. It's just it's just about having the drive to do it and yeah. caring about it, I suppose, at the end of the yeah, day. that's why I stopped running events. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, Matt's running Matt's running his one. It'll be really good if you and Nick come. Uh, I've, I've basically... With the recent debacle with, uh, with my job role... Mm. Um, uh, I turned around to Nick last week. Well, actually, no, it was yesterday. And uh, I said, do you know what? Life's too short. If we can go, let's go. Because I was going on about the fact that uh, I'm going on holiday at the start of the month. I'm going to be skint, basically, but it's a one-day event. We're going to have to drive up there. We won't really have a lot to pay. You know, it's not like staying in a hotel and everything. No. Let's do it. Let's just go and have some fun, you know. And you'll get some free measuring sticks. For Saga. The, 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 are, they, um, are they patented? Well, they're here by dragons measuring sticks. Will, <laughs> will they have here by dragons on them? No, they'll how, have how's hit, that, that going to happen? By, they'll have here be dragons on them. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I thought bendy boards had folded. Well, it has. Well, it's shut down. So right. we don't have to do the obligatory... Oh, where do you get those from? No, uh, no. Bendyboards.co.uk. No, because I still have a laser. Yeah, do you have the shark tank, though? I don't have a shark tank. That's a shame. I know. See? It's disappointing. But, um, but I have a laser, and so yeah, free, free measuring sticks to all participants. Will they be plastic? No, they're wood. Uh, you see, when I the one saga event that I did uh, down at Firestorm Games, mm. the Southwest Gaming Centre, Andy Sherwell, who is one of the guys who works from Gripping Beast, <laughs> works at Gripping Beast, came up to me and said, "Is that um, an official saga measuring set? Because I bought some off eBay." And I said, "No," and he went and got one of the sort of GB officially ones and. Put it by the side of my one, and it was like g- gave the gave the impression that it was slightly off because it wasn't it wasn't official gripping beast sagri one. So he's got a new album out. Did you see? Did you who, see that? Who has? Andy Sherwell. No, has he? Yeah, he's, he's sort of doing some music musicy stuff, which is. I know. Interesting. Anyway, yes, yeah, so make sure that they're... Um... Yes, they are the correct size, do not worry. <laughs> or you could give me special ones if you want. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll give, Spe- you sh- I'll give you shorter ones. Spe- In your tiny little hands, they'll look huge. <laughs> special. <laughs> are, you, are you talking about Matt or me? I'm talking about you. Special cheaty ones that say, like, long is extra long. <laughs> What, so you can do bigger charges. You have to put, no, you do, honestly, it is a great game. I mean, so, have, uh, you, have you played any Saga 2nd Edition? No, I've not played Saga 2nd Edition. Right. I've read the rule book and um, 
I was trying to get Nick to sort of let's let's have a go, and he goes, "Well, it can't be that different." I've read the rules, and there, you know, there's quite some major differences with second edition. There are some, some substantial differences, all for the better, I think. Because I so think we it, it's we had one... some, we did actually have some games recently. We had some second edition games. We had two games, I think. Yeah. Uh, Vikings versus Normans. All right. Uh, so we have played the second edition. And that was in preparation for playing AOM, mm. which Man, we haven't got round to yet because they ran out of dice, didn't they? Oh, they did, yeah. So I bought the Magic Dice and the Chaos Dice at Salute, um, but Nick had none. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I've got to have my own dice. So yeah. eventually they've come in. So we're, we're all diced up, ready to go now. Oh, that's good. Yeah, no, I I really really like it. I think it's a really good set of rules. Um, it's a lot of fun to play, and you know me, the ability to use whatever models I want as whatever uh, I want them to use. When I was when I was so on our our own little group, you were putting stuff out at a rate of knots. You know, at the, at the rate of knots that Lee paints stuff, you were mm. creating new ideas for warbands. And I think the idea is because they've got these tropes, you know, this, these ideas of of warbands. You're not, you know, just because it's a sort of great kingdom type thing, you know, where you t- typically think empire or Bretonian. Who's to who's to not say that that could not be something else, you know, like Skaven or 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 whatever, yeah, exactly. you know? Well, my late my latest one, um, which is an idea that came to me because I've got all these old empire miniatures. Um, and um, a lot of uh, other old metal miniatures from uh, Warhammer days. Um, going back, you know, back to the 80s, I've got... Um, uh, there was a box set called Lords of Battle. Yep. Which had yep. eight, eight um, metal knights designed by Jez Goodwin. So I've got those. And so I've got all of these old metal miniatures, and I was thinking about I was you know you'd think you'd look at them and you'd think Great Kingdoms because the Great Kingdoms you know you read the things about it you're thinking Warhammer Empire, but then I thought I'm going to use them as other world, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to slowly off eBay and um, secondhand shops and stuff Spirit Knights and things. Well, no, no, no. I'm going to pick up all the old metal heroes named character models and things right and the background is is at the end times when the old world was destroyed sigmar whisked all this lot away <laughs> and they no, live in this, they live in a, they live in an underground city in the realms of chaos that works so in my head i'd already sort of kind of worked out where you're going to go with it so yeah, no, that's 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 great. But and so, I think... so I'm going to use the other world, but I'm going to use the other world list with these. So, not the well, my initial the foray is just world. just to get some games under the belt. Will be using my fantasy battle beastman army, which I have not used since sixth, fifth, or sixth edition nice. fantasy. You're going to use horde with those. I will use horde initially, yeah, and it will allow me to use. All sorts of beasties and things that yeah. I've got. You know, I could chuck in a Hydra model, or I could chuck some giants in. 
Minotaurs. Uh, I've got yeah, I've got Minotaurs. I've got the the Shagoth model as well. So oh, that's a nice model. But the, the what's really interesting is that I, I would like to do another Kings of War army, mm. and there are models in the Mantic range which obviously f- fit in with this whole thing as well. So. Um, uh, and I'm not going to buy this until um, I'm in a position where I feel comfortable painting-wise. I've, mm. I've resisted for a, a good year, but I'm going to go for the Night, night Haunt Army. All right. Uh, which has sort of got some really weirdy and wacky figures in it, but um, yeah, I could see play, that. A fair play to them. They are produ- Their figures certainly in some of their ranges, have certainly gone up in quality. The goblins. Have you seen the new goblin stuff? Yeah, that the big steam knight thing I liked. And, and the flying some of the, other bit, some of the other bits were terrible, but that was good. But it's the um, the stuff that they're making for their warband game. The vanguard, yeah. The, the Norse types that they've got on those. Um, there's actually some models there that I'm thinking of buying. Well, it's interesting. I, I was um, I was listening to a Kings of War podcast because mm. I get I get to listen to a lot of stuff when I'm driving. When you're driving to work, as well, yeah. yeah. So if it's not audible or music, it's it's podcasts. And uh, they had an interview with Ronnie Renton, um, right? Uh, at Adepticon, actually, which actually made me think about our time at Adepticon for a start. Um, what when we saw him? Well, we saw him in the airport, didn't we? We yeah. did, yeah, yeah. But also the time that we had at the Depticon because it was so much it fun, was very basically. good. And you know, Dawn and Paul and uh, Mister Chris was it Chris Dick, isn't it? The guy with the hat, yeah. Um, and all the people, basically, you know. And he was talking about the fact that the Vanguard range has allowed them to go to town from a sculpting point of view because it's a smaller batch of models, basically. But then they can take some of that stuff and push it into a Kings of War-type range as well. So they've got... They're creating aspects of the, the ranges of some of the stuff that they haven't got models for as well. But I didn't realize Mantic are 10 years old, you know? For a start, that surprised me. They still seem like something that's been around for the last sort of three or four years, yeah. but they're ten years old. Um, he was talking about the fact that at the Kings of the War event, Adepticon, I think, I don't know how many, what percentage of, of armies, but they were mainly Mantic figures in the Kings of War armies as opposed to, um, you know, probably XG dub type stuff yeah. and a combination of stuff. So, People were, were actually picking up the figures, and I could see, well, you know, that's that's good as well. And I like the game. The, ga- the game's been well supported with this Clash of Kings concept, where, which is very much like the General's Handbook, where they tweak up scenarios, tweak the rules, and they put it out in this really lovely little booklet, which is not overly priced has a lot of value as far as I'm concerned from a from a as a customer. Um and it's easy to carry as well. So I'm looking forward to see what they do with, with that whole Kings of War. But 
the Night Haunt Vanguard box set is where I was looking, but when I was at Salute, it was like Army box deal, £99. Mm. Oh, and yeah, gi- they are nice, actually. So I'm just- I love their giant. I think that giant is absolutely superb as a, as a piece of... as a figure. They're, they're big giant, as opposed to the small giant. Yeah, because small giants, they're rubbish. Yeah. They're... they're there's something wrong there. Yeah. No, they are they are nice figures. I like the Norse ones. I'm sorely tempted to buy them. Um. But uh, yeah, and they're in resin rather than PVC. So. Well, that's the other thing. I think that's was was one of the reasons why they were allowed to do this go to town with sculpting sort of thing. But, um, yeah, I know. I. I I think they're quite nice. I think one of the things I've failed to do this year so far is write some blogs. I've sort of started off the year quite well, and then I've got a number of blogs on the Fool's Daily site which have ideas, and they've just not gone anywhere sort of thing. That's not good. Well, it is. It's no good. But um, I think my main aim this year from a hobby perspective is to try and complete some projects, you know. Well, that's the first time for everything. Well, yeah. Before I die. <laughs> well, yeah. I That was me the other day saying to myself, oh, that'll be a next year's project, and then suddenly instantly thinking, one day I'll say that's being a next year's project and it won't be a next year. Well, we could carry on thinking about that. That's think, I think that's why it's like, let's get on with things. Well, that's it. That's can. it. I mean, I've got, you know, boroughs and badges are painted. I've got one more figure to paint for my old um, uh, 7TV thing for next month. And he's two-thirds done. I should get him finished over the weekend. And then, uh, who knows what I'll paint next. Oh, does, got... Ma- does Matt play Barrows and Badgers? Uh, he does if it's not occurring on a kid's weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah, no. That's what... But yes, he does. And there's another guy um, that I play with, um, Dan, who makes Ye Olde Battle Reports, which is a a video thing. Um, we have a we had the first game of a campaign a few weeks ago. Oh, you, yeah. Was that videoed or not? Yeah, it was videoed. I might have to go and have a look at that because I like the idea. Uh, but the gameplay would have to draw me in as well as the figures for that as well. If... Gameplay, the game, the gameplay is very interesting. Um, the idea of having your stats be different dice. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, your a badger's strike might be a d10, and a mouse's might be a d4. Yeah, I think you need to do a, an episode on this. Well, I'm going. To, I'm chatting with um, Michael and Joe about when we can sort out a date for them to come on and chat. That'd be good. Um, but it's a no. It's a very, very interesting game mechanic. Um, it has a very good campaign system. Um, you know, very Necromunda stuff like where you have a base and you have bits on it and then you have labor points and you can either you can either send your people out to go and have adventures effectively you know an encounter 
or they can stay and they can labor in your camp which gets you other stuff so you can build up your war bands and things um but it can be quite brutal um lots of characters get removed um so animals are harmed in the making of that game oh yeah they especially if you roll badly on the recovery table <laughs> is it do you need a lot of finger fingers no. a lot of figures to play it no you a, a, a 300 the starting band is 350 pennies um which might get you six models so not a lot to paint, and the figures are nice to paint anyway, by the looks of things. Oh, the figures, I tell you, the figures are apps. You know you were saying earlier about fiddly stuff? Bits and pieces, yeah. That yeah. Have been, you know, it's been designed on CAD, and it looks wonderful in a render, and if it was a video game character, you'd be going, ooh, this is awesome. And when you actually come to paint it, you're going, oh my god, I've got to get yet another colour for the 37th little pouch that he's got on his belt. Yeah, and you think, oh, can I just get away with doing another brown, or do I have to use a completely different colour? Well, Burroughs and Badges models are the antithesis of that. But they still paint up nicely Oh, they as well. paint beautifully. Absolutely beautiful. The scope... Michael's Michael's skill as a sculptor is getting um, models that are simplistic but not simple. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So there is a lot. Of, there is a massive amount of skill in getting it look as easy as it does. It's like when you're a professional sportsman. You know, things look easy. You know, a, take a golfer. Golf looks a very simple game when you're watching it on telly. But it's hard. But it's hard. Yeah. But they have the talent to make it look simple. Well, Michael Sculpts, he has the talent to make them look simple, but they're not. And, you know, it's lots of flat surfaces, um, but they're not flat as in, I've stuck a thing on. It's hard to it's hard to explain without a model. No, but, but when I'm, you have them in your hand, because they're they're you know they're one piece metal sculpts, and you have them in your hand, and they're designed to be one piece metal sculpts, but they don't have that that flat nature that you sometimes get with metal. Um, they are absolutely beautiful to paint. I think it takes an immense amount of. Um skill and foresight to be able to do something like that because at the end of the day you're talking about these are what 28 mil yeah but they're, figures, ch yeah. they're chunky 28 mil i mean but um, that because, that is that a, is design thing as well then isn't it yeah the fact that there's a whole chunky. range of size of creatures you know a mouse is maybe 15 20 mil tall up to a badger which is you know maybe 50 60 mil tall a badger's hard. Badgers are very tough, but then they cost you lots of pennies. Ah, uh, okay. You know, I haven't got it in front of me. A mouse might be 25 pennies, whereas a badger might be 65 pennies. It just sounds really weird. I've got to stop now. <laughs> We're talking about animals on the black market now. Um, but no, it's, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant, brilliant game. It's so much fun. And um, Mage this year... Um, is uh, supposed to be a you know effectively a free for all type thing. You set, there's a WhatsApp group where people just set up what they want to play. There were so many people who wanted to play Burrows and Badgers that were actually on the Saturday. There's 
effectively a little Burrows and Badgers event running. There might, is there spare crews around or not? Yes, dear boy. Mm, okay. Uh, anyway. So, um, no, it's it's excellent. Well worth check. Well worth checking out. Let's see if I can make it to Mage. You can make it to Mage. Well, it's not. Uh, it's not on Ryan uh, Kyle's birthday this time, so that's a. Uh... That's oh, there's a bonus. Yeah. Eventually, eventually, you have to stop doing things with your children and putting yourself first. He says, failing spectacularly to do that himself. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, do as I, I say, not as I do. It's an inbuilt. Um... Parenting thing. It is an inbuilt parent. I think it's called responsibility, isn't oh, it? Stupid. Hate, yeah. Hate. 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 Oh. I hate procreation. Probably shouldn't have done it then, should you? It's your choice. <laughs> I don't even remember doing it. I know because it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've been blethering for an hour. Oh, there's there's unusual. So, um, I suppose we ought to go. Well, hopefully. Hopefully, because you can talk, you'll talk again, and it won't be another 18 months. Well, I think the big thing is, because I'm maybe allowed to do a bit more homework, that I'm trying to prioritise to get some of this done as well, this sort of stuff. Cool. And perhaps the episodes will be shorter if we get a bit more regular. They might do, because we won't have to have a massive catch-up. No, that's right. <laughs> right, well... Off you top then. Um, so until next time, I've been Mike. And I've been Conrad, that's it. <sighs> See, I'll have to edit some of that space out just because um, otherwise people get confused. <laughs> just like me. <laughs> yeah, they think, they think it's broken. Especially when it's on Spotify. We're on Spotify, by the way. <laughs> right. Hopefully. It'd be, so, it'd be so funny. I need to find out if somebody, it comes up on somebody's playlist. Okay, until next time. Bye. Bye. You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter. We're at Fools Underbar Daily. Or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com. <laughs>